This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, George Allman. We're going to be here for the next hour talking about all kinds of stuff going on in your yard and garden. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. I was was smiling because during that intro they say we're going to solve problems, and I'm so used to just creating them. Causing them? Yes, Yes. not not solving them. Uh, By creating them, you're giving people the opportunity to avoid what you have done. Oh, that's true. So there you're solving them in that manner. Thank you. Thank you very much. Plus, uh, we're giving you that vote of confidence, you know? Yes. It was beautiful out this morning. It was cold. I was cold. It was cold. Clear, though, like you said, cold, clear. It was cold, so that's why you're wearing well, that's, that's shorts? irrelevant. Okay. Well, most of what I say is. Um, it was cold, but it was not as cold this morning as it was yesterday morning. And do you know what my thermometer was that told me it was colder yesterday? I'm looking at you, George. I, you're, I, I do not. I didn't pay a, attention yesterday. It's a common morning. horticultural marker. It was 45 degrees. No, my potatoes got frosted yesterday. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to use the 45 for chill, and you were going to say it was. I, I got additional no. chill in my yard. No, okay. I and I have two sets of potatoes, the ones that I put in the raised straw bales, and they are probably 40 or 50 feet away from the other ones that are in a cooler location in the yard. And they're right next to each other, and I take the same care of them. <laughs> and yet, and some of them got frosted, and some of them did not. Hmm. Isn't that sad? I didn't see any frost yesterday, nor this morning. Yeah, I, and when I got to work, it was windy and warm, and there was no signs of it. It was still and calm out in my area, but it was beautiful out. The moment, did you see the crescent moon this morning? No, I did not. No, I didn't look up again. <sighs> you guys have to look up. Yeah. You're looking just beyond the. Of the car as you're driving down the road. We're aren't looking you? at other vehicles, yeah. pedestrians, animals trying to drive not, safely to work. There were not many of any of those things out on the roads this morning. As a matter of I fact, is that why you said you were going to be late? Is it just? Well, I thought I just I thought I'd left a few minutes late, <laughs> but as it turned out, I was not. No, you perfect, perfect timing. Beautiful out, crystal clear, stars, moon. It was gorgeous out, and no little frost crystals on my potatoes. Or Very any nice. other plant, for that matter. I think the the straw bales may have participated in that by absorbing warmth and radiating it. A little wall of warmth around my taters. Not that could be. Yeah. Anyway, we were down. We were down in Point Loma last night, down by the sport fishing docks. It was cold, with the breeze blowing up off of the bay. Did you see any frost damaged potato leaves while you? No, were down I did there? not. Yeah. I didn't see any frost damaged fish either. But. Uh, but we, when we were walking around, it was fine. But man, we sat you down. Sat to, we sat down to have dinner. Oh, it was cold. It sucked the heat right out of my fish tacos. <laughs> <laughs> were they as were they good? Yeah, we went to Mitch's, which is in. Rumor has it they have excellent fish tacos. They're good. Yeah, it's um. They're better. I can't, warm, I can't remember. It, 
they, it would have been better a little bit warmer, but um, it's in one of the sport fishing buildings. It's the one. In, it's the one that's in the middle between H and M and what's the other? it's the it's the one it's the one in, it's Point Loma Sport Fishing. It's the one okay. in the middle between Fisherman's Landing and H and M. So, but yeah, it's good. It, other than being other than being a little cold, so. I know but it was nice isn't... down there. the The suns. It was. It was interesting. We were walking back. We had parked at the club, and we were walking back. To, we were walking back to the car, and we got down to where the old Kettenberg yard used to be. And you could look across the look across the bay to the skyline. The sun was where we were. We were in the shadow of Point Loma, but the skyline was completely lit up from the sunset. It was. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was absolutely beautiful. I've never seen it like that before. And crystal clear. It was a perfect yeah, day for it. Was, for it was really clear. So uh, we should probably talk some more about gardening. Um, you guys to. are going to be on the air in March. Was it March 18th with the Master Gardeners? I think that's the week. I think that is part of the... So what, why don't you tell everybody what you guys did? I don't know. What did we do? I think... We did a presentation on citrus care and culture and varieties. You and I did for the uh, UC Master Gardeners in San Diego. There was supposed to be live, the, the spring Master Gardener, spring seminars, they do it every year at the, the Master Gardener program, and it was supposed to be live last year, but something came up. I don't remember what it was, so we couldn't do it. And this year it's still going on three weeks later. And so they're trying it differently. And so we tried taping it. So we'll see how it works. We've never done it that way before. And I. Well, the good thing about taping it is there's the opportunity for some editing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so we're going to have a five minute presentation right. then is what it's going to turn out to be. But George and I did it on citrus care, culture, and varieties. And I think it's a little early, but I think it went fairly well. It seemed to. From yeah. what I saw of it, and it, there's there's actually some pictures of it on the. Uh, and it's five on the fi- minutes. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. It was a if, to, to get edited so that it'll be worthy of presentation. Yes. It's going to be edited down a, to about five minutes, right? We did. It was probably going to probably about an hour and five hour yeah. and ten minute presentation. Right. But if they edit out all yeah. the worthless stuff, then it's going to be five minutes of useful information. Mm. You know, like when I speak here. Yes. Yes. Okay. I know what you're, you're speaking of. Just just mm. simmer it down and. Um, but but the, the link to the Master Gardener site is on the is on the Facebook page with the pictures that we posted of you guys right. filming. And the way they're doing it this year is it used to be you'd have to sign up for a an individual an individual class, and it was limited. The, the class sizes were limited, and you would have to pay for per class. But this year, it's one fee. I think it's thirty five dollars is one fee for all seventeen or eighteen presentations, and they're going to be done online and they'll be available online for a week. So you pay thirty five bucks, and you have access to all the seminars, and there's a few workshops as well, and you have access to them for that entire week. It seems like, like a pretty, pretty good deal, deal. Yeah. right? And this year they get George too, so it's it, it seemed to go well, and I really enjoyed. Having, having banter, having a, a, a sidekick, sidekick, well, a a co a, co, a yeah, cohort. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. It was interesting and uh, a lot of fun. So we'll see how it all. We have to see. Oh, I'm but, sure it'll. I'm sure it'll come out great. Okay, thank, thank, thank you, Mark. That was very kind of you. 
uh, something that we got in the store in both of the stores that we haven't had for a while was we got some 15 gallon avocados, some actually some nice 15 gallon avocados. Yes. Uh, some we got some Haas and some Fuerte from a new from a new grower that we hadn't dealt with before, but they they came in looking really good. The the Haas were nice. Did you guys get yours as well? Yes, we did. Yeah. The the Fuertes are nice looking trees, but they're a little small. Yeah, small. small. Well, everything's right. a little small anymore. True. It's true. true. Finding full size plants is is difficult at best right now, um, and the but the the guavas that we got in, oh, the, the, we they're got, gorgeous. We got some fifteen gallon guavas in that are just spectacular. They are some of the best looking guavas I've seen. They're, they're gorgeous. Yeah, they're and really two colors. Really nice. I think I think there was white ones and pink ones in there. Right in the in the bunch, so they did look really really nice. If you haven't gotten if you haven't gotten your bare root fruit trees yet, you probably what another week or two. And they're going to be gone. They're, they're, what's le- what's left over will be canned up and waiting for sale later in the season. Probably um, two months for yeah. the five gallon stuff. Yeah. So uh, if you want to if you want to pick something up while it's still bare root, I would get into get into the stores now. Um, you still have. We have we yeah we don't have many, but yes, yeah. we still have some. Yeah. So get in and get in and make your selection while you still can. I got a call from somebody yesterday that was looking for a blooming peach tree because her mother wanted to buy a blooming peach tree and she was going to bring her mother out when the trees were in full bloom and the bare root peach trees are, are <laughs> in full, full bloom, bloom right yeah. now. Bloom. What we have left. We yeah. only have a, a few varieties left. I told her about the canned ones in the back because I think it's mid-prides that are back there that just look perfect, but they're potted and not ready to come out of their pots yet so they're going to be a little bit but they do look the trees look great they've enjoyed the spring or winter what what season are it, we in yes yeah. what season are it, we it in? feels like when we're with the amount of the volume of customers coming in it feels like spring the, the last i don't know six eight weeks have felt like the middle of spring yeah we're doing spring numbers in january and spring february. sales numbers in january yeah. and february it's crazy yeah, it, it really is it really is. Um, the Wednesday wisdom this week was on shade trees, I believe. On trees, it? right? Yeah, right. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, what we talked about were the um, the benefits of having trees. It was a link to a San Diego San Diego County uh, or San Diego City government website, and it just listed some of the reasons why we want to have trees in our yard or in the park or on the streets. And you know, obviously, the the aesthetics is a big piece of it, and then uh, uh, the Stress reduction that trees can provide. Uh, they give the sense of home to certain, you know, to neighborhoods. If you have a, mm-hmm. a large tree-lined street, it's quite pretty. Um, the, the foliage to be filters dust, and obviously the big one is that you know sequesters carbon if, for uh, reducing uh, climate change issues. And wait a minute, ahead, what, was what was that? So, what, what, I, now we're going to skip right gonna, over that. Going to pay attention for a moment. What did you just we're, say? We're going on. We're moving on. Okay. And uh, so. They're, they're, besides being pretty and providing shade, you know, there's a lot of benefit of sitting under a tree in the heat of the summer. It's cool, relaxing, and uh, I personally like having big trees around, mature trees, obviously. And now, David, we once spoke of what's your favorite tree and your least favorite tree as an ornamental tree in the yard. And I know that your least favorite tree is the tree of heaven, right? Well, you said in the yard. So well, are we referring to my yard? Because that's going to change my answer. Because the first one that came to mind was the ailanthus, the tree of heaven, because it sprouts up everywhere. If you scrape it, it smells like burning rubber. And well, a, a, a colbertaria also 
sprouts that's up everywhere. That's the one in my. That's the one that's in my yard that right. I don't. That would be my least favorite. Right. As a matter of fact, I think they're pretty I have a, trees. I have a scar on my pinky from the taking down of a coleraria in my yard this week. That's the Chinese flame, flame tree. Chinese beautiful, flame. Beautiful, beautiful yep. fall blooming tree with seed pods that follow that are even more beautiful. But will they volunteer everywhere? Yes, everywhere. yes they will. Everywhere, right? Very, very messy. So, volunteer so everywhere. staying on that, that line, what, what would be your favorite shade tree to put in your yard? In your yard? Tipu. Tipu? You like them? Yeah. I, I do like Tipu. Yeah. Their seed tipu. pods are a little messy, but they're not quite as prolific and, as far as popping up. And they can surface root. Right. But they are very fast growing. They let a lot of light and air through, so things will grow under them very well. And they have a huge canopy too. Huge yes. canopy, much wider than they are tall. They are drought tolerant, very low water. It's some uh, yellow flowers. Heat tolerant. Yeah. They bloom all Pretty summer. Flowered. So, for all the reasons I hate other trees, I like this one. It's messy, but it's fast growing. It is semi deciduous. It usually right. drops its leaves late in the winter, um, just before the new growth comes out in the spring. But I like it. Another one that I really like is um, Agonis. Oh, the peppermint the, willow. Ooh, yeah, peppermint willow. Right. I, they, that, I've always liked that tree. We had a huge one at our house on um, Gallison Street in um, in Bay Park when I was a kid. And a huge, dense canopy. It looks looks kind of like a weeping willow. Doesn't right. have doesn't have a problem with uh, surface rooting. Uh, drops very little litter whether it's has little teeny flowers on it um and little teeny flowers and uh the foliage it just doesn't it just doesn't drop and it smells anything yeah Yeah. crush the foliage it's one of those trees that when i when i speak with customers and they're they're looking for a a shade tree or and they you know we go we start going through the different um, available trees for them when i show them that when i always bring a book out and show them what it looks like uh, large, in canopy, large, large yeah. because we always have just these tiny, you know, skinny it's, specimens, and they just they can't they can't picture this big can, it's, canopy. It's, yeah. yeah, it's hard to sell a tree sometimes, and, and they love to it. Describe it. Yeah. My uh, my vocabulary isn't good enough to paint a picture of a pretty tree. Well, they say some say that a picture is worth one thousand words. Yes, they do. So you know, you could do that. Mm-hmm. Do you ever look up to see a tree to know which ones would be pretty or not? Or are you usually looking down as you? Oh, not. Do you have a favorite? I think Tipu. I think it's. Yeah. Are you just saying that to be nice no. to David? No, 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 no. No, we're way There's beyond no, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did but, you oh, tell? Oh, I like. We Agonis. need to take a break. If you want to give us a call, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. 
Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same, but it's all right now. I learned my lesson well. You see, you can't please everyone, so you and we're back with more Garden Talk. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We would love to talk to you. We were talking about talking about trees before the break, and uh, George never answered uh, what his favorite tree is. Well, I, I think part of it is if I'm looking for a, a larger tree or small. I like Vitex, the chest tree, for a, mm-hmm. a smaller tree. Bees love them. And so that's good if you've got a lot of other fruit trees around. They come in, and uh, that's useful. Regular or purpurea? The regular. Okay. Right. Um, and then I do have a slight affinity I, uh, for the for the colruteria because bees love them too. And you, when you when they are in bloom, it is just a buzz, literally. That is true. Yeah. And now I'm a little bitter. Because I do like bees too, and I want to attract and help bees. I have other colruteries on the property that I have not chopped down, so the bees will be happy and have those <laughs> to go to. Okay, I'm I'm good now. Okay. Please continue. Yeah, that, another, that's it. An, yeah. Another good evergreen, another good evergreen shade tree. Although they they get they can get massive, is a Podocarpus gracilior. Mm-hmm. Yes, a, yes, they can. They they can get huge. Um, in my neighborhood in Scripps Ranch. When uh, when you bought the house, McMillan was kind enough to plant one tree in the front yard, and they usually planted it right in front of the window of uh, <laughs> so that it's going to cover the entire thing. But they they were almost all Podocarpus. Well, depending on what street you were on, and on some streets it was Podocarpus, on other streets it was a uh, it was liquid ambers. They, they, um, the Podocarpus does give dense shade. It's a nice tree to yeah, sit under. Yeah, you can picnic underneath them. But a blanket. You've got you you've got a deep water them, or that or you'll get some surface roots on them. Right. And uh, you you do have you do have to prune them to keep them under control. I know that my my grandparents planted them around their house in Bay Park. They were gorgeous. And those trees were huge when I was a little kid. And I think my grandfather planted those in, in like, 1954 or something like that. So, I mean, they, they grow pretty quickly once, once, they, once they get going. And it, it produces a, a tremendous canopy. They are a little messy, though. They will drop some foliage. And the female ones will drop Bears. seed pods yeah. or seeds, yeah. which are about the size of a the size of a marble maybe a little bit bigger we when we used to walk uh blake to we used to walk blake to school almost every day when he was in elementary school and as we were walking down the hill when they were when they were producing seeds i'd reach down and pick them up and then bounce them off the back as that's another tree that you have to bring a photograph out when you when someone's looking at them yeah looking at it in a five gallon container they can't picture that canopy at all right yeah, and it's sometimes a good idea to show people who want to put a hedge of those in along their property line and put thirty of them in a hundred feet. What the trunks can do over time? Mm-hmm. Say, your grandfather's are what two foot diameter trunks or something? At I mean, least they were huge. At least, 
um, and we we have to cut we have to call in a tree service uh, every few years to to thin they, them out and lace them out. But they look fantastic. Oh, they're they're beautiful. It's it's a really pretty tree. Um, which I, oh the back to Tipu is another side benefit of Tipuanas. Um, if you're a woodworker, that's a source of wo- rosewood. So as it gets big and you can cut it back, you can have some have some rosewood to work with. You know, another that reminds me another tree that I really like is um, camphor trees. That's you know, another one. I, that, I, that's a that's a good point. That's a pretty tree. A little aggressive on roots. Yes. Yeah, but they again a big a big canopy, right. you know, thirty forty feet. Yeah, they get huge. Um, but they drop a lot of seeds. Yes, they, they drop they, a lot they, of seeds. They drop a lot of leaves. They're subject to the persea avocado mite. Right. I'm not a huge fan. They have fan. some issues, but it's a pretty tree. Yeah, we all have issues. You know right? what I? Right. You know which one I? Which which one I don't particularly care for, but gets planted a lot in uh, developments and street trees is a uh, carrot woods. Oh, I just I, yeah, is I, hate too strong a word to use for a tree. Yes, I hate those trees. Whoa, 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 hate whoa. those trees. Yes, but they I, they do use them as street trees all over. They, they just used don't to at least yes. They the, just don't look that the good. The seed pods yeah. are incredibly hard. They, they're yeah. worse. I, I think it's worse it's than like, having a liquid amber. Well, it's like, <laughs> it's like walking on Legos. Well, and they are listed as a clean street tree, they're except not, for yeah. if you leave and, let and them those bloom seeds are seed not pod. quite yeah. as bad as the um, chlorotaria as far as popping up. But those carrot woods pop up everywhere. Yeah, it's and, yeah. you know yeah. just a quick reminder, you guys. I'm the negative Nancy here. Mark is, but you guys are supposed to be the positive ones. So. So I can't use the word hate. Boy, I, I, don't just, I really you, I don't dislike the carrot wood. It's going to ruin the whole the vibe, the, sh- yeah. the feng shui. Yes. <laughs> Let's go back to something. It's trees that we like. Okay, oh, we yeah. all like. I, can we all agree that we love Japanese maples? I yeah. do absolutely. Yes. However, yes. comma, do they make good yard trees? Not really. Typically, no. 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 In the shade some, of other trees, in the shade yeah. of your tipuana, they will. There's some beautiful ones in University City, but it's not one I would re- highly recommend. No. Okay. Great. They tend to look. They tend to look bad late in the season. Correct. Yeah. That sounds like it'd be a good song lyric. In the shade of my tipuana. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, gonna write a song. Gonna write. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna write a song. Um, no, in the right place, in the right situation, they're fantastic. But. Just trying to be positive. We so many negative Nancys here today. I just wanted to be positive. Let's another nice tree, another tree that we like. And a rare, a, s- a nice rare one is uh, Ficus roxburghii, which okay. I've got a huge one in my backyard. Which, which ficus is that? It's a it's a large leaf ficus. The foliage is almost a foot okay. across, um, but very, very rare. Is it roxburghii that was at? Outside of the theater at SeaWorld, is there another one with an even larger leaf than Roxburghia? Yeah. Is that Damaropsis? That's what it was. Damaropsis, Damaropsis. kingiana. That's yeah, it. and it has a different. It's in the. It's in the same family. Does oh, it have not, the same? No, it's. It, oh, it's not it, Ficus it, Damaropsis. No, it's Damaropsis kingiana. At I'll least it used. It, it used to be Damaropsis kingiana. You may have just now. I'm going to have to figure this out. Yeah, it's that's a, a beautiful tree. It's, it's, sure re, it's still there. It's really pretty. That's the dinner um, plate fig. Is that what that one is? I haven't heard that okay. name for it, but I, it looks very similar to Roxburghii, but the I, I believe the foliage is a little bit bigger. But the one I have in my backyard is just is spectacular. Is it is it the same as all the other ficus as far as being incredibly uh, root? No, it's right. I mean, okay. it, it's maybe 
it's it the main trunk is maybe two and a half feet from the concrete and there's okay. it it's very fibrous rooted it right. uh, it doesn't produce big doesn't that's it, the one um it doesn't produce big surface roots like the um knitted ficus oh, knitted yeah. ficus yeah, knitted is horrible beast yeah yeah Hey, David, here's one that I dislike. I, I not use the word hate, but dislike is the Hong Kong orchid tree. Oh, th- good. We could. Have, I'll have a discussion with you about that. I think the flowers are beautiful. They're but gorgeous. The, but yeah. it's a, it's, it's very it's pretty a, when it's It's a bad-looking tree. And the minute it's done blooming, it's an ugly tree. Well, thank goodness it blooms almost six months out of the year. Yeah, but after that, it, it's, it's, it drops leaves. It, it looks, it, yeah, not a fan. You going to help me with this, Mark? Where, yeah. do you, where do you sit on this one? No, I like them. I mean, there's some beautiful ones in Claremont. It takes yeah, them a little while. They're a crummy-looking 5-gallon. There can be a decent-looking 15-gallon. But once you develop them, they have beautiful foliage on them for probably six or eight months out of the year. They're in bloom for probably six months out of the year. And in the spring, when everything else is looking really good and starting to come out, they look crummy. But shortly right. thereafter, they, they start putting good. out their new growth. Yeah, they, they, they do the opposite. Yeah, they don't look good in spring when everything else is starting to look good. So they're yeah. trying to help out during the off season. <laughs> and you, I, I thought you would be a supporter of that. Yeah, not not in this case. All right. Yeah. You know, another another landscape tree that I that I like because it adds it adds year-round color to it is uh, redleaf plum grows but, very grows quickly flowers beautiful flowers in the in the um, springtime before they leaf out and then it fills out with uh, that deep blood red foliage that it that stays red all rel- year long they're a relatively short-lived tree they though. are yeah you you're, you're only going to get about about 12 12, 12 to 15 yeah. years out of it but Man, when you got it, it, it's it's a really pretty tree. When I, it is. When and I it bought produces the, fruit. When I, it does produce yes, fruit it that does. you can eat occasionally. Yeah, I, 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 well, the house in, in Rancho Penasquitos, they, that seemed to be the tree that were on a lot of the, the homes. And in the course of living there over 20 years, there are none they're left. Gone. They're, they're all gone. gone. Yeah. So if you want to get a similar look with a fruit tree that gives you blooms in the spring and fruit in the summer and beautiful red leaves... What might you plant in its place? Ooh, that's a good one. I probably would go with a spicy nectoplum. Well, that was the answer I was fishing for. Yeah. Which I sold out almost immediately from bare root. Yeah, we, <laughs> we sold out quickly, yes. That is, my, I, I, that is my favorite soft fruit, I think. You know, I haven't Mine heard too. that phrase before until yesterday, and I guess it makes sense. What, soft fruit? Yes, it's right. my favorite soft fruit. And what is citrus? Is that hard fruit or medium well, like fruit? Well, that one I would say is citrus. I mean, that's a different category. As gotcha. opposed to saying, like, my apples are the, the macadamia nuts or something. I, I, yeah. I like it. It, yeah. it makes sense to me. I've just called yeah. them stone fruits, you know, in my world. Years, yes. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've tried it. A oh, spicy nectar yeah, I don't. Oh, yeah. They're tasty. Is it? Tasty. Oh, it's a, a delicious it's piece a of delight. fruit. It's a delight. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I will, I had one. I enjoyed it, and I recommended it to Pete. And Pete came in and he bought one and he took it home. And at the end of the first or second year, he said, I can't believe you recommended it. It's an awful piece of fruit. And he hated it. He didn't like it. Really? Yeah. And it was early. And, I, I, you know, we say don't rely on your first taste or just one because you can always have a bad piece of fruit. And I encouraged him to keep it for another year. And he did. And he liked it so much he came and bought a second tree. <laughs> but the first, his first reaction was, eh. Why would you recommend that? So I guess this is a quick time we can 
just remind everybody out there, in a tree full of fruit, there's going to be many that are not good or may not be good or may not be ripe. And in a younger tree, they're not going to be as well-developed. So we can talk more about that right after this. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. To the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same, but it's all right now. I learned my lesson well. You see, you can't please everyone, so you got to please yourself. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Uh, during the break, we were continuing our discussion of trees, and George, you brought up a you brought up an interesting fact oh. that there are some trees that are not only not only nice ornamental shade trees, but also produce good fruit. Right, and, and David mentioned that with the spicy nectar plum and lettuce down that path, and I was thinking that I like I like mulberry trees. They can be messy. I, I grant you that. So you don't want to put, if you've got a small property, a fruiting mulberry may not be a good choice. Okay. I, I'm going to argue that point with you. Discuss it or whatever you want to call it. But, Discuss amongst yourselves. Um, I have to apologize to all of you. Well, the three of you plus the four people listening. I did not see the crescent moon in the sky this morning. <laughs> it was last night when I went to lock up the chickens. It was in the night sky, not the morning That's sky. That's why the rest of us didn't see That's it. That's why you did not okay. see it. I apologize. It, it's it's just a, apology accepted. Okay, thank yeah. you. Now, mulberries. So I know you, you. they are. They can be very messy as far as the, the dropping fruit, but they also can be very delicious. So there's a, there's a win right there. So you don't plant them next to your sidewalk or next to your car park. Uh, so... They're or still, right outside the chicken coop where you walk well, to and fro. Yeah, but the chickens like them. The chickens love them. Yeah, but the shade cloth over the top prevents them from getting to them, ah. so I have to pick them up and give them to my chickens. Okay, so that's too much work. But And then the other one I was thinking of is the Red Baron peach tree. Beautiful tree. The flowers are gorgeous. I agree. Yeah, that's a nice one. A very nice one. I shan't argue that point with you. Any others that you can think of that, uh, that have uh, fruits that are so well, a handsome or Can we go back tree? to the mulberries for a moment? Absolutely. Way back when, when I was traveling in the in Tunisia, in North Africa, around the desert and out in the oasis, the the big tree, in addition to the date palms, was the the mulberry. That was the upper story over the rest of the canopy out in the desert. So it provided fruit, but it also provided shelter for the citrus and the other edibles underneath. So, okay, I'll give it a... I'll give it an You'll accept. Give it a pass. Yeah, and a pass. Yes, and my daughter likes to make jam out of it. I I, do, I love mulberries. I have quite a few. 
different varieties. A couple of years ago when she was out visiting, she was pretty excited and she wanted to come down and pick mulberries to make jam, but I hadn't watered the tree enough. So the mulberries were there, but they were uh, not, they were not edible, oh. not even by whatever standard I would create. Eat them with, yes. Yeah, so I'm going to make sure they have water this summer. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We would love to talk to you. As a matter of fact, we are going to go up to San Marcos where Pat is waiting. Good morning, Pat. How are you? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I'm a, a fan of your guys, show, and I'm really enjoying uh, the topic this morning. Thank you. But it's also it's also touching on a uh, a sore point with me because um, I live in a town home, and uh, my homeowners association had this mulberry tree that was invasive and caused all kinds of damage to pipes by my house, and I had a I had quite a, an expense. So uh, they recently planted a strawberry tree which I want to have move because it's just messy. But what I'm thinking of is like a crepe myrtle tree, but I would like to know your recommendation for trees that aren't invasive to pipes that you can safely have by your, um, you know, closer to your home that won't uh, cause a lot damage to your pipes. Well, I think depending on where the pipes are, just about any, tree. just about any yeah. tree or root system could cause a problem. If, uh, but oh, okay. usually... Well, yeah, anything can cause a problem, but right. certain certain trees are more Probably likely, too, yeah. which mulberry, right, right, mulberry yeah. would be one of them. And neither of the two you mentioned, the strawberry tree is not likely to, but could. And the crepe myrtle is not likely to, but could. But I've seen old crepe myrtles that have taken over, their root system has taken over six, eight feet, where it's just solid oh, up on the surface yeah. of, of roots of those. But that's what happens when they're planted on hard soils and are shallow watered rather than deep watered. But crepe oh, myrtles, okay. myrtles are generally not considered not a, a problem. root problem. Yeah. If maintained properly. And by maintained properly, can you the, be the, more the, specific? The, as David was alluding to, the deeper waterings as opposed to shallow surface waterings. Okay, so when you say deep one, because I'm, I'm fairly a uh, new uh, gardener. I've really gotten into it during this COVID. So you're talking about leaving the water run for approximately how long? Longer. Um, when a, a new tree is planted, more frequent shallower irrigations are required because the roots have not moved out of the original root right. ball. But over time, the sphere that you water, the width and the depth that you water increases over time as the roots begin to move out and down. To where, you're, to where after their second summer in the ground, you're soaking the tree longer, less often. How long depends on what kind of a sprinkler system you're using, but you're going to want no, to I... soak down two or three feet or two to four feet, I, okay. I learned the other day. Oh. Um, the From the trunk out to the drip line and down two to four feet on an established tree. Whatever, okay, whatever it takes for your watering system to do that. Great. Now, my... I. <laughs> I've gotten into timing the the sprinkler systems, and they go on for about ten to fifteen minutes, which probably is not adequate for deep watering. Am I right? And that's usually three times a week. Once it's established, it's a it's considered a water wise or drought tolerant tree. So, it, but it, when you do water it once a week or once every ten days, it needs that deep watering that David was describing. Well, their 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 schedule is 
three times a week for about 10 to 15 minutes. So I'm I'm happy to get my hose out and and water on my own. That's not a problem. Most trees, I mean, once they're established, most trees don't need to be watered three times a week. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's something you'll have to deal with. And that's where the hose comes in. Right. That's going to be your path to success is giving it the deep watering with the hose. Okay, great. Thank you, gentlemen. I really appreciate your input. You're welcome. Thanks for giving us a call. Have a great weekend. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Okay. So, so she was talking about the, the crepe myrtle. I, I actually like them a lot. I yeah, think a, that is another pretty, very pretty tree. Drought tolerant. Easy, yes. Typically doesn't have invasive roots. A lot of variation in size uh, availabilities, you know, 25-footers or 10-footers, and a big, long spring bloom. Yep, lots of color. Oh, and I, fall foliage. The only thing I would say... I totally agree, except for I'm going to say summer bloom rather than spring bloom. But I totally right, agree. Summer bloom, and yes. the only negative is they 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 are a deciduous tree, and some people want and green they, leaves all year round, and they and look a little naked and ugly in the winter. And they can mildew. Yeah, some of the varieties. Some of the varieties, absolutely. Right. Yeah, more oh. inland. They love love the heat. Thank goodness we were all almost in agreement that's a nice, great tree, and now yeah. somebody has some well, detractors. No, it is a great tree. It is, but yeah. you're right about the the mildew, especially along the coast. Correct. But one of the most beautiful root systems I've ever seen, surface root systems, was on a crepe myrtle off of Ted Williams Parkway. And it was trying to grow out of that hill. But it was probably somewhere between six foot, probably about a six foot diameter circle of a pattern of, of roots with little areas of dirt in between. But it had surface root, and it was, it's beautiful. You know, the other tree that she mentioned, the strawberry tree, I've I've seen some strawberry trees that are absolutely stunning, uh, and it's the I think part of it is that that red bark that they have. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful. I, think it's a gorgeous I mean, it looks plant, like it's yeah. made out of copper. I mean, they're they're I, really pretty. Trees. I kind of chuckled to myself a little bit when she said, "You know, the strawberry tree, but it's kind of messy. I'd rather have a crepe myrtle." Well, as from did a, I. From a messy standpoint, there's going to be more leaf litter, more flower litter. They're deciduous. There's going to be much more litter from a crepe myrtle than from a strawberry tree. But if you don't like a tree or if you don't like something, you're going to come up with the reasons why Not you don't like it. Like it. Right. Exactly. And it was kind of, I thought, funny. Yes. There was a, we were up at um, Mission San Antonio up in, up by Paso Robles a few years ago, and they had a, they had some huge strawberry trees planted in the courtyard of the mission. They were, were just absolutely beautiful trees. And those are the old the regular strawberry tree, not the marina. Not marina, yeah. Neat yeah, tree, it, and it, it's, it produces an edible fruit. Yeah, the other the other tree that they had up there that was absolutely beautiful and spectacular. It was right out. It was right outside the right outside the church. Um, was a huge, huge um, mission olive that I believe was planted when they when they built the mission. I it, wonder uh, wonder where they got that name. Maybe. The Mission yeah. Olive. Hmm. Well, we'll have but to think was, about that maybe for next but week. But it, 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 it was massive. Did, it was absolutely massive. Did you guys see the story in the on the news yesterday about the pepper trees, I think, in Mission yeah. Hills? Or in Kensington. 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 Yes. Yes. I, yeah. yes, I saw that. Well, they had issues with the pepper trees down by the um, golf course in Old Town a few years the ago. The California peppers? I didn't yeah. see the article. They took – they. It, they came through and they took a bunch of them out, and then they replanted new ones again. So they it's a put smaller ones. Tough in. place to be in when you 
are advocating for chopping out a 50 or 100 year old tree or whatever it is and safety this that whatever and then people like trees and don't want trees gone it's a tough position yeah to, to be in i remember <laughs> it was the first time i met mike kirby and i didn't even know i met him but when i was a little kid they were widening avocado boulevard out in east county where it dropped down into el cajon mm-hmm. and to widen it they were going to have to chop down the eucalyptus trees but there were a bunch of people standing there and i remember my sisters were there and people i didn't know trying to protect the trees well the the road got wide and the trees are gone but i still remember that that was okay sorry. a while ago sorry when i was a youngin i remember but we were trying to do nothing <laughs> if you want to give us a call 888-344-1170 is the number we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be back with more garden talk right after this Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. The garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same. But it and we're back with more garden talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Uh, we've been talking about trees, but I wanted to I wanted to switch it up a little bit, change the subject on trees to. Um, palm trees and we had a customer in just the other day um, she had big date palms in her yard and was wondering if there was any news or any new developments on the weevil the palm weevil and when you start looking around san diego and you look at the date palms it's amazing how many canary island date palms are dead or in the process of dying um, pretty much all of them that I can see in the, um, in the river, in the river Valley are yes. gone. There's several big ones. I think Old in Presidio, yeah. Presidio yeah, park Presidio, that are yeah. gone it, it, for such a small insect. It, it just, it just wipes those trees out. It's, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um, but supposedly you can keep them under control by using the, um, Soil, the systemic soil drench under control or preventive i think i think it's a preventive so they don't get started yeah, yeah. you have you to you have to be proactive protect, be proactive yeah. right. and protect your palms um prior to the infestation so if you have a prized palm that you would not like to see disappear or that it would de- destroy your life then the once a year soil systemic poured around the base of a palm tree um, will help to protect it for up to a year. Yeah, because she said she was doing that, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, and she had talked to 
she had talked to an arborist that said that, that she should be spraying the canopy and using the soil drench, which doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Plus, it'd be almost impossible for a homeowner to, to spray, to spray yeah. the canopy of a of a Canary Island date palm. And you know, the other problem too is what if you if you don't take care of it and the tree dies, Oof. then you're talking about a lot of money to have a tree service come in and, and take that thing out because that is that's something that that the average homeowner would never be able to do on their own. Correct. Just, the amount of foliage huge, that's on yeah. it and the the size of the trunk. And I know there was a a few years ago there was a problem when there was a fungus that was getting into them, and the cr- and the crown would die, and the trunk would rot at the base of the crown. And then in a windstorm, it would it would fall off, and you're talking about you're, you're talking about a, a chunk of tree that's going to weigh um, fifteen hundred two thousand pounds. Yeah. And they had serious problem with it up in up in Los Angeles, up right. in, in Beverly Hills. They were they were falling over and falling onto cars, and uh, had major major problems. That doesn't seem to be that doesn't seem to be as big of an issue now as it was a few years ago. But man, that that weevil is just incredible. So taking a gallon of the once a year systemic the will generally protect them. I'm not going to say it's absolute, um, but if you get it into the trunks before the weevil gets in there, if it's in the tree and you could do it without spraying, then when the weevil tries to get into the tree, it'll get killed by the insecticide. Uh, once it's in, once the weevil is in, it's going to be too late. And that's the same with, with many different trees. If you have a protective inside the bark, and, and again, you can do this without spraying, then when the bug tries to get in, as it's penetrating the bark, it'll get killed by the insecticide. And sometimes the sap of the trees are the, is there to protect them, but on trees that are stressed or don't have enough of it, the the invaders can go right through. Yeah. Yeah, but try take a look take a look around town when you're when you're driving around and and look at the big Canary Island date palms and you'll you'll see them. They're they're all over the place. Well, I have a a client in Rancho Santa Fe and they have a bunch of Canary Island date palms on their property and last year when we were uh walking the property and talking about it, they did not want to take the chance. And so they bought a bunch of the once a year and they're applying it to each of their palms every year now as a preventive. And the, the costs involved in removing one of those, it's kind of like a safety deposit box or insurance. Um, it's a, a small price to pay to prevent whatever might come. Yes, indeed. Well, you know, um, do, do you like palm trees in general? Just, you know, we're talking about trees because I'm not a fan of any. Nothing strikes me as. Uh, yeah, I, I like them. Depend, it, depends on, it depends on what it is. I'm not a huge fan of Canary Island date palms just because they get so big. Right. Um, but I think queen, queen palms are nice, although they can, be, they can be problematic as they get older because you have, to, you, have to, well, you have to keep the dead foliage cut off of them. But once they start blooming, yeah, um, messy, that's messy. when they, that's when they can get messy and you cut those seed pods off. If the seeds almost matured, those seed, those, uh, the seed pods can weigh hundreds uh, of pounds, a too, couple yeah. hundred pounds. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, we deal with that every year in Point Loma yeah. we trim them back. But yeah, they're heavy. Um, I like king palms, but they, but they can be kind of temperamental. 
but they're nice because they get um, as they get mature, they're self cleaning. When the foliage starts to when the foliage starts to fade, you can pull it. You can just pull it straight off without any problem at all. Don't have to cut it. You don't have to hire somebody to cut it. They will fall. They'll stay on there for a little longer than you may want, but they'll fall on their own. Yeah, um, and the seeds are. Uh, Seeds are much smaller, although they they do produce a lot of them. Uh, they look nice and they look nice in multiple trunk plantings. True. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the ones that I really like, but you, it's extremely rare around here, is um, Cuban royal palms. I mean, they, when those are when those are growing, they the trunk looks like it's made out of cast concrete and just There's... really green uh, crowns to them. Are those Royal Palms still down in Mission Bay Park near the Hilton. I remember your your dad the first time he showed me one. He was saying know. it looks like you're you're driving up to a light standard, a concrete light standard, but it's the trunk of the Royal Palm. And was there one on Lytton Street? As you're headed up, not Lytton. Uh, what does Lytton become? Chatsworth. Well, no. Yeah, yeah it changes to Chatsworth yes. across, uh, after yeah, okay. you cross Rosecrans. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think there was one up up in that area, but they they they're cold sensitive around here, so you've got you've got to have them close to the coast. Um, I think I like coconut palms too. I think they're really pretty, but they just don't. Yeah, they they just don't grow around here. Although there was a there was a landscape architect that lived in La Jolla, and I can't remember his name now. It, um, but he he kind of determined that what he thought the problem was was the roots get too cold. So he built like a little solarium over the over the root system, like a little greenhouse to keep the roots warmer in the wintertime. And his trees were doing very well. Huh. I like ones that don't need that. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of it's a lot Too of work. work yeah. But you know, but man, if you if you live in an area, if you live in a tropical area like Florida or Hawaii, man, they they're beautiful trees. But then you run into the problems. You've got to keep you've got to keep them pruned and you got to keep the coconuts out of them because as the coconuts get ripe then they start falling out of the trees and that'll kill you yeah so yeah it's some there's give and take yes (laughs) sometimes sometimes that might be a good thing um my folks have a blue mexican fan palm that was planted i don't know 50 years ago and it was small and on one side you could it was just on the back side of the house well now you can see it over the house yeah and it's next to a fifty-year-old Canary Island date palm, which towers over it, but it, it, I never thought it would get big enough to get over the house. But you can see it from from the other side, which is kind of neat. It's a pretty palm and super durable. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KP on KPRZ <laughs> and KCBQ. You're right. I got to keep my alphabet straight. We'll be back next Saturday morning at 7 o'clock with another hour of Garden Talk. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. 
This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery.